episode of me and mr 80s i'm nick me and here with me now mr 80s hey everybody it's daryl thanks a lot for joining us again uh hopefully you've lived through the last two episodes where it sounded like we were broadcasting from the eye of a hurricane we think we've gotten all of our technical issues figured out so we should have nice crystal clear sound for you it should be like drinking a glass of seven up Refreshing. <laughs> and today we're talking about Rock Hall snubs. Now, we have a an international listening base, and I don't even know how much people outside of North America even give a shit about the Rock Hall. I mean, would you have any, oh. any sense of, do people really care? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that international artists are inducted, but do they give a shit? Like... Well, you got to think that, you know, these people are selling out, you know, stadiums in, all across the world. I mean, these are people, you know, I mean, the Rolling Stones play to more people in, you know, Wembley Stadium than they do here. So, But would it matter to our fan in New Zealand that we have inducted the Rolling Stones into our Hall of Fame? Well, it's not just our Hall of Fame. It's Rock and Roll's Hall of Fame. There is no other Rock Hall. It's not like it's a competing one. It's not just America's Rock Hall. It's the Rock Hall. All right. Because I know we've got an international crowd here. And, and so hopefully hopefully everybody realizes that, that the whole uh, induction process into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is very controversial. And uh, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is actually located geographically in our neck of the woods in northeast Ohio. So we hear about it. Hallelujah. A little bit uh, more often, Nick is actually going to the induction uh, ceremonies for Fuck yeah. for this class. And uh, to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it has to be at least twenty five years after your first uh, your first recording. So that's pretty much how it works. And there are always debates about uh, who is in that shouldn't be in who isn't in that should be in. And so we're basically going to be sort of uncovering that rock on today's show and, and talking about it a little bit. So where would you like to start? Um, well, I have a wonderful list that someone compiled of the artists who have been uh, available for the Rock Hall induction but have not gotten in. And there's some really you know big-name artists on here. Um, I would just look at the uh, punk era as being quite remiss. I see Black Flag and Husker Du, who we've talked about in previous episodes, right. as ones that have been missed. You know, something like a King Crimson, Kiss, even ones that you may say um, significance, maybe not in the amount of recordings they had, but MC5. I mean, there's definitely a, a an order of you know how do you how do you pick who gets in? Uh, Chris, uh, we have a guest in the uh, in the room, the the technical advisor and uh, stat monkey, Chris. 
And he, you know, we were talking about uh, Donovan, who is a uh, Rock Hall inductee for the uh, 2012 class. And you kind of say, well, you know, his significance. How is he? How is it? Waste, how has it taken him this long to get in? But when you are voted on by people in 2011, they may not know more. I mean, you think Donovan, you think Sunshine Superman, but you may not have know uh, more of his catalog. And that, so, you know, I think Donovan. I think Mellow Yellow. Mellow Yellow. And then I think Soft Drink. And then I think if Donovan can get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, why not Falco? Because he had two hits, too. I read an article that actually said that Donovan, of this year's inductees, Donovan is the one, the only one who probably does belong in the Rock Hall. And I was thinking to myself, I must have missed something then with Donovan's long and illustrious career because he had one hit. But I think it was more the influence, which is what I was, you know, the, the point I was getting. His at influence that, on Mountain Dew? Well, on, on the time. On, on the time of his period, the amount of, you know, uh, airplay, the amount of, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the amount of, you know, uh, numbers of singles that he, or of uh, records that he sold at the time. It sounds like you know a, more about him than I do. I, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I, I, I think Chris could probably pull up his uh, stats on him. Maybe? Yeah, okay. Um, and it's going to say Mellow Yellow. It's going to say Mountain Dew. It's going to say lots of caffeine, and it's going to say who the fuck is Donovan. <laughs> so that's you know like something like um, replacements. Well, it's interesting because when you're talking about because uh, you know the replacements, um, Husker Du, Black Flag, who all come from that that DIY uh, American uh, punk scene, mm-hmm. and. On the one hand, since it does seem like the inductees into the Rock Hall are very much critics' darlings, you would think they would be naturals. But then on the other side of it is the fact that that whole whole culture that they come from really goes against everything that brought about the creation of the Rock Hall. And, and, you know, what do you think about that? Because, I mean, there are some artists who just flat out say, I don't want to be in there. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you know anything about what, you know, Bob Mould's... attitude is on I've it i've never seen him him comment about that because it almost i mean wasn't it i think it was johnny rotten that when the sex pistols got in he sent them some kind of a fax that said you know bugger off i'm not going to be involved in this uh so i just kind of wonder like if black flag was inducted would greg ginn and henry show up i don't know i don't know the answer to that maybe that's part of why they're not getting inducted they think well you know they won't they won't appreciate it <laughs> So where do we leave off? Um, we were right in the middle of uh, the MC5. Ah, yes, the MC5. So the fact that most of them are dead, so they don't have to worry about getting snubbed, and plus the fact that they are critics' darlings, you would think that would be kind of a natural. I'm just really, really stunned that they're not in for yeah. that reason. I, I, that is one of the ones I was very surprised to see on the list, and they've... They've been available for 20 years. Oh, my God. Yep, they've been snubbed for 20 straight years. Well, maybe we need to talk a little bit about our uh, our philosophies about the politics of induction into the Rock Hall. This gets a fair amount of discussion in these parts. 
with people saying that it's uh, that that the criteria seem a little fluid, and that that they're basically kind of nebulous enough that the people that are on the induction board can can pick their favorites, and that's why bands who are very popular and very influential, like Kiss or Rush or even Journey or Chicago, don't get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any any thoughts or any any opinion on the whole kind of induction process? Well, I think there's so many uh, every year, so many people that come up for uh, induction of, that it's nearly impossible. You know, it's to pick the right right combination. You're always going to have people that didn't get in. I mean, and you can look at the people who are already in there and say, well, you know, how do you, how do you put, you know, uh, the Almond Brothers in and then you don't put in, I don't know, uh, MC5. I mean, how do you decide the significance and impact of the Almond Brothers over MC5? And I'm not, I'm not just saying, but like if they're, if they're both coming up at the same time, how do you how do you as the, the 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 critics who vote on this thing decide? And I think you try and you know put in somebody who's new. I mean, in this in this class going on right now, the big ones are Guns N' Roses, Chili Peppers, Donovan, Freddie King, Beastie Boys, and Faces and the Faces. And that's a pretty wide cross section of you know, newer and older bands. Right. Um, but you can look at a list of who got snubbed and how do you put any of those above Black Flag mm-hmm. or MC5. And I, I don't know how you do that and not piss everyone off. Well, a lot of people were really outraged by the Guns N' Roses selection because they're saying, here's a band who was obviously influenced by Kiss, and yet they're getting in before a band that influenced them. And, you know, the, the Kiss fans, because they're so large in number and they're they're so loud, I think they're kind of like, you know, the Trekkies of the music world. They're just yes, kind right. of these... That's kind of why they get their agenda, you know, put forth. But, you know, Kiss does come up a lot. Rush comes up a lot. And, yeah. I mean, do you think there's any validity to that? I have my own thoughts about the Guns N' Roses induction, which I'll, I'll share afterward. But, I mean, what do you think about, you know, people who say GNR shouldn't be in there because their influences aren't in yet? I think I, I don't know how you I, I I can understand that argument, mm-hmm. but I don't know how they you know what the criteria for each voter is, and you know are they basing it on artistic integrity? Are they basing it on how much money they made? And maybe you know if you look at how many albums they sold. Kiss should be in there, but you know they're just kind of uh, you know cheesy rock and roll you know posturing. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know the theatricality of it you know doesn't deserve. You know they're like, oh well, we already put in Alice Cooper and he's theatrical <laughs> enough. We don't need to put in another theatrical band. You know, I mean, how do you you know how do you say well we want Guns and Roses in there, but you know we won't put Warrant in. You know, mm-hmm. it's just sort of like. So you're, you're really what you're saying is that you think that there, there's probably a component in the induction process that has to do with the authenticity of the intent of the artist. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, that as much as everyone, as, as KISS has their KISS army, they're also kind of known as, I mean, Gene Simmons is setting up a official KISS tribute band for when they die so that they can keep making money off of the name for their children. Oh, that is so I mean, Gene. That is so Gene. That is so Gene. So, you know, when you have that, that's so not rock and roll. <laughs> and so I can see how some people could say, yeah, I don't want to put them in. So because of who they are, they may be, you know, undercutting their own cause to getting into the hall. Mm-hmm. But shouldn't it be based on music rather than the personality but how do you separate those from the mind of a voter the voter gets a vote you know and they don't say you have to vote you know by album sales you have to vote by you know some sort of strict criteria it's who you want yeah there there, i've heard uh from more than one source i can't i can't cite them but i've heard from more than one source that uh simmons uh stanley is a songwriting partnership up there with uh, Lennon McCartney. Now, there are some people that would hear that and would just... Shoot a brick? Yeah, they would fall <laughs> off their chairs. They would be like, what? Um, I don't really I don't really know how I, I feel about that necessarily. Well, they're a successful songwriting team. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would want to compare the lyrics between the two, but as uh, you know, again, on what basis you're putting that on, they both have sold a whole ton of albums. Well, for for GNR, uh, when I first heard that they were inducted, you know, the the first thing I thought was, you know, that's that's pretty cool. That's that's pretty awesome. But the more that I thought about it, yes, Guns N' Roses, nobody is ever going to be able to take away from them the accomplishment that was Appetite for Destruction. Uh, it's really almost it's one of those albums that it's hard to overstate its its significance, yeah. and it's just. You know, one of the greatest debut albums in the history of music, uh, one of the greatest hard rock albums ever released, um, probably the only album that ever successfully merged uh, heavy metal and punk mm-hmm. on that large of a scale. Uh, just you know, so much stuff. But then the band fell apart, <laughs> and then they then they you know they put out uh, GNR Lies, which was kind of a stopgap. You know, they called it an EP, but by then we were well into the CD era, so an eight-song album could be called an EP, even yeah. though it would have been called an album in p- previous eras. And then you had the long wait with Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Now, I happen to think that Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 is uh, an ambitious success, not an ambitious failure. I just think the fact that it's scope and the fact that they even tried and the fact that they did come up with enough songs that are good in between all that mm-hmm. still makes it a, a, a decent album. But really, when you look back at it, they did one great album. Yeah. And then and then they were done. And, and, and they haven't really existed as a viable unit since 1992, 1993. I just think it's a really strange choice, especially this early in their eligibility. I think, for me, I think it was more of the influence and impact. Because, uh, you know, as we we went out and bought uh, mm-hmm. both those albums in Midnight Sale, we were crazed to watching MTVs to see the videos. I mean, at the time, you know, 
it was it was that one you know appetite album but it was really influential i mean to the fact where you just you know were ravenous for more information and you know showing them they were on mtv all the time and they were on rock and rio and you know it's just they were everywhere i mean it was it i think that they're getting in in getting by on their influence even though their output i mean hell you know Husker doing Black Flag had ten times more albums than they did. Right, but neither of them were anything more than blips on radars for most people. But you know, even if you weren't aware of the songs of Guns N' Roses, you still knew Guns N' Roses. Their their influence stretched past their uh, CDs. Okay, that's that's a that's a fair that's a fair point. But again, if you use that criteria, then KISS should be in. Because KISS was a cultural phenomenon. And guaranteed, if you ask people in that era, who's KISS, they may not know a song from them, but I guarantee you they knew who they were. Even True. if it was just because they got, you know, in because they were being protested, because they, you know, put blood in their comic books. <laughs> I mean, all the stuff that they were, they, they were I got hepatitis marketers. from a comic book. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, the same reason that Guns got in should have been why Kiss got in. You know, a lot of people gave up on the Rock Hall when Madonna was inducted. That just set off a huge firestorm that I personally was not expecting. I don't believe that. I think they, I think that's a good call. I think they really need to, exp- they were trying to and have succeeded in expanding what Rock is. I mean, rock can be pop. I mean, you know, Donovan, Donovan doesn't rock, Donovan pops. Mm-hmm. But it's all an influence in what other people do. You know, what Madonna did in the way she created that rock and roll, you know, she had a rock and roll career even though she was a pop star. Right. I mean, that was an influence and that deserves to be recognized. I remember when uh, when Springsteen was inducted. He was inducted in his first year of eligibility. I believe it was 98. And I was kind of stunned because up until that point, I had thought of the Rock Hall as a place where, you know, old guys got inducted. And at that point, I didn't really think of Springsteen as an old guy. He was somebody that I had had grown up with and it was just it seemed very strange it just seemed like well he's just a pop you know he uh he shouldn't be in here in his in his first year of of eligibility and that was really kind of the first time that i sort of realized well you're probably going to be seeing uh, more and more of this what i do wonder though uh do you think madonna is going to be the only purely 80s or from the 80s act that we see inducted. I mean, I suppose the beasties since they did kind of come from there, but I really think that when we look back in the history, we're not going to see a whole lot of inductees who got their start in the eighties. I just think that there's a big stigma against the music of that period. Well, one of the list of, uh, snubs was Bon Jovi, which was what? 87. When Uh, they, when they hit the scene. Yeah. They actually hit the scene in late 83, early 84 with runaway. Okay, but I mean, like the the when they became globally when slippery one went. That was eighty six, eighty seven, yeah. So you know the, the that that was one of the ones where I was like, oh god, I guess they 
stunned they're eligible, but that's one of the few. Uh, Stat Monkey says that uh, <laughs> the slipper room butt was 86. Okay, well, just looking at the list, I can see, well, Iron Maiden. I would, I would think they're going to get in at some point. They've been snubbed for seven years. Um, wow. Uh, Megadeth was <laughs> Megadeth was uh, snubbed this year. That was so. So you know, could you put Megadeth in over Chili Peppers? I don't think so. Well, what's funny is that of the uh, Stat Monkey has got something for you. Duran Duran. Well, I was, I, and I'll get into that because that I got a tangent for you about Duran Duran, <laughs> because yeah, we'll just wait for that one. But uh, God, where was I going with this? Oh, you were talking about Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you say after Maiden? Megadeth. Maiden. Oh, that's what it was. It was the fact that what is really unusual is that uh, right off the top of my head right now, I can think of four acts from the 80s who've been inducted, mm-hmm. and uh, three of the four are hip-hop acts. Grandmaster Flash, Run DMC, and now the Beasties, and then Madonna would be the other one. Mm-hmm. And so it really kind of shows you how, if you wanted to make a case for the fact that the inducting body is a bunch of elitist pigs, that what they've basically said is, okay, hip-hop is the acceptable form of music that came out of the 80s and so therefore we are going to ridiculously over honor that segment of music while we're ignoring everything else hair metal pop you know for example thoughts on that i wouldn't say they're overemphasizing over everything else i do think that you really you absolutely have to pay homage to what hip hop has done to this entire world I mean that that flushed the, it down the fucking toilet. I don't think so. I think I, I think it just completely changed everything. It did. I mean, it, you can't deny you, it. You it, can't it's deny just, it. It's it, you know when you suddenly have you know a, a mainstream McDonald's wrapping in their things. <laughs> fuck! If you would have done that in '82, my head would have exploded. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. The hamburger, it's talking rhythmically. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, just the way that that hip-hop and the hip-hop culture has has gone into every layer of every, you know, country around the world. We've now raised two generations that don't give a shit about melody. <laughs> <laughs> That, to me, is what hip-hop brought us. I mean, when it, when it comes to old-school hip-hop, I love old-school hip-hop. You know, Twilight 22, Africa Bombata, um, Sugar Hill Sugar Hill Gang, all that. I mean, I love the old-school stuff. Right up until the, the early goings of Gangsta, you know, with NWA, and, and that's kind of where it, where, it, where it trails off for me. I mean, there was definitely some some great creative stuff going on there, but there was still kind of a dance music melodic element because that early hip hop was actually very heavily influenced by the kraut rock of Kraftwerk, mm. and somewhere along the way we we just lost that, and then the whole you know sampling thing and you know P Diddy doing his just his horrible abortion slash rape <laughs> of every breath you take, and. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, you know, what it what it was at the start and what it, I know I sound like a cranky old man, but what it was at the start and what it's turned into, it's just like, it's almost like 
if you if you had known the child was going to grow up to be a serial killer, would you have smothered it in his crib? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an interesting way to put that. <laughs> so Duran Duran. I absolutely think if you're going to put Madonna in the Rock Hall, if we've now opened the door, Duran Duran belongs in there. I am sorry. These are guys, you know, I put them in the kind of the Rick Springfield category. They're too good looking, so no one takes them seriously. Uh, The run these guys were on in the 80s, and I mean, just listen to Decade, listen to their greatest hits album, listen to how many classic songs they wrote. Oh, yeah. And they wrote them, you know, they were pretty much a self-contained songwriting unit, which the Rock Hall is supposed to love. They seem to not like people who use outside songwriters unless they came from the 50s. Then it's okay. (laughs) But at any time after, like, the mid-60s, you have to have written your own songs. Duran Duran did that. They ruled the world. They're classic songs that still stand up today. Yes, production-wise, they sound a little bit dated. But tell me that Hound Dog sounds like it was recorded yesterday. You know what my biggest problem with that, though, is? Is that they love influential. And I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say who's, who's been influenced by Duran Duran. Well, and that, that, but that's, that's the thing, though, is that do they want to open that door to the fact that everyone considers Duran Duran made by MTV? Which, and which if you now put kick that door open, are you now opening the door to... So many bands that have, you know, I mean, like Poison is, you know, to me, a a video-based band. Yeah. What's crazy to me is that I think that uh, uh, Chris, who's playing the role of Stat Monkey, he said he (laughs) didn't want a mic, and now he's jumping out of his chair, and he wishes that he had taken a mic. Uh, uh, I think they've gotten stuck with that. That whole video created them rap, and because they because they were stylish, because they were handsome guys, because teenage girls had pictures of them hanging in their bedrooms, nobody listens to the songs. And what I can't figure out is that it was perfectly acceptable for teenage girls to be screaming their heads off on the Ed Sullivan show for the Beatles. Mm-hmm. But but but, but they're should... but but it's like they're the only band that were allowed to have young dumb teenage fans and still get into the rock hall. But Beatles went out of that. They went out. They 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 passed the girly phase, and they went into the we do drugs psychedelic phase, where we're artists. You're right. That's you a know, good they point. They did a concept album. So pretty much, if Duran Duran <laughs> goes takes drugs, put out a concept album, they can get into the hall. You know, Warren Cucurillo was in the band for a while, and he sells plaster casts of his penis online. That's edgy. Oh. That is much more information than I wanted to know about him. <laughs> but I just, I've always been impressed. I mean, believe me, I am as jealous of good-looking millionaires as anybody. Okay? It's not like I'm here waving the flag for handsome millionaires. But when you go back to the root of it and you listen to those songs, especially from the first three albums by Duran Duran, there was just some excellent songwriting happening there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why they got blessed with good looks and talent, but they had it. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But I would be stunned if they ever get in. I think I'll get into the Rock Hall before Duran Duran. <laughs> I really do believe that. All right, now I, I'm looking at this list. I see two names that I think uh, I don't know much about either of them, but their influence surprises me that they're not on the list. All right. The Smiths and Sonic Ute. 
Sonic Youth. <laughs> what are you, Joe Pesci? <laughs> Do youths? It's the Sonic Youths. <laughs> Sonic Youths. <laughs> okay, Sonic Youth. So I mean, they're you know in the nineties. Everyone sort of goes, "Oh my God, these are these are the best band ever." And, you know, they, they they influenced everyone. You know, the Smiths were actually on, Smiths were eighties. Yeah, and the but and the Smiths. It seems to me like they were like the godfathers of goth. I mean, an entire uh, genre of music has grown up saying it's based on the Smiths. Which it's, is interesting because um, The Cure has kind of been... I was going to say they co-opted that mantle, but I, I think mm-hmm. the, the, the Smiths had that sort of foistered upon them, that they were the godfathers of goth. And they are in, are they not? No. They the cu- the cure snubbed three years and Sonic Youth have been snubbed for four years. So the cure is not in. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the Smiths. The cure. I think the cure is. I think in. the cure is in. Yeah. And probably because they they've been snubbed for eight years. Interesting. Wow. That's that I mean, does surprise. That we both thought they were in. Because I would think the cure would be more likely to get in than, oh, yeah, than the Smiths. And it, it, that that's that that is kind of a head scratcher because critics love Morrissey. Critics yeah. love the Smiths. And they're they're critics darlings, but they haven't had any record sales. I guess. That doesn't matter, though. It's True. almost it's almost like that makes the critics love them more. more. I mean, if you sell no records, the critics are just going to love you more. Yeah, they're they're like the uh, the modern, uh, more modern day version of uh, of uh, Velvet Underground. Yeah, that's yeah. That was exactly what was on my mind. What's going to be interesting to me is that when Nirvana gets in, and you know Nirvana is going to get in their first fucking year of eligibility. I can't remember when Bleach came out. I think Bleach came out like in '89. So, so that would mean that their first year of eligibility is like coming up in 2014. Correct. Well, Soundgarden is listed there. That this was their first year of eligibility. And Soundgarden, I must have been, you know, was a you know, maybe a couple years. Before. Bleach was eighty nine, so they'll, so Nirvana's going to be eligible in two thousand fourteen. You know they're getting in that yeah. first year. What's going to be interesting to see is if we have this same Guns and Roses kiss conversation about Nirvana and Sonic Youth. If Sonic Youth isn't in by then, yeah, and I bet you we won't, because Kurt Cobain killed himself, and that makes everything okay. Yeah, it makes him rock royalty. Yeah. <laughs> I have a problem with Nirvana because I, I don't think he was... No. I, Kurt I Cobain was not only band. was not the greatest songwriter of his generation, he was not the greatest songwriter in his own band. <laughs> yeah, really. The greatest songwriter in his own band is alive and well and still making records, and that's Dave Grohl. Yeah. Completely agree. Yes, I know. <laughs> that, that, that'll start a riot in the streets. But you know Nirvana's getting in oh, their yeah. first year. <laughs> you know, I mean, 2014, book it, baby. 2014, uh, Nirvana's going into the Rock Hall. Yeah. I, I wouldn't agree with that, but I, I'm, I'd be so surprised if they didn't get in first ballot. I will give him this, though. I remember how relieved I was when he died because I thought we can finally stop hearing about him. Mm-hmm. We're still hearing about him. Oh yeah, I yeah, I, I was. I, I remember seeing Kurt Loder tell me that it was uh, on MTV, telling me he was actually dead, not just rumored dead, but actually dead. Because there was a rumor, like what two weeks before? Yes, that he had overdosed in Europe. Yes, 
which he did, and the, but they were announcing him dead then, and mm-hmm. they were like, no, that's not true. But Kurt Loder told me, and I believed him, that he was dead. And frankly, I was just, I, I, I was surprised at the outpouring, you know, that I knew that right there, you know, he's going to be the voice of my generation. He's going to be martyred. Yeah. Didn't John Candy die right around the same time as, as... <laughs> I, Candy, I swear, didn't he die by falling off a couch? No, John Candy died because oh, he had he had a heart attack in his sleep. Oh God! Which I'm probably headed that way myself. But I remember at the time, I remember thinking at the time, if sleeping is too much exertion for your heart, <laughs> then it's just time to go. Yes. I honestly wonder, though, now if maybe he had untreated sleep apnea. I, I know this is completely off topic. <laughs> But it's entirely possible that he had untreated sleep apnea, and that's why he had a heart attack while he was sleeping. But sleep apnea was not really well promoted at that time. What do you got for us? March 4th, John Candy died. April 5th. All right, so there was a month between them. Okay. I thought it was closer together than that, but right about the same time. Well, I'm glad that we're both on the same page that, oh. that we're going to be really pissed when Nirvana is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. But you, They should yeah. be treating that jerk like Mark McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for all of our fans outside of the United States, <laughs> Mark McGuire plays American baseball and uh, was the home run king, which is a big deal, and so he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer for baseball. But then we found out that he used performance-enhancing drugs, and so now he's been blacklisted, and it's kind of shocking. It would be like if Pele did not get into the soccer Hall of Fame. That's kind of an in, you know the best corollary I can come up with. So, But I actually think Mark McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame, despite all that. As do I, but that's another topic for another day. Uh, well... Uh, two artists that we definitely need to talk about. Number one, we need to talk about Chicago because we do have Chris Absolutely. in the room. And uh, Chicago is Chris's all-time favorite band. In, in this article that I had read that I, that we were talking about off-air, um, which was taking the position that the Rock Hall induction process uh, ignores groups that are popular in middle America. And some of the bands that they cited were Kiss, Rush, Journey, which I thought was interesting because in my mind, I've always known Journey has no shot in hell of getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But damn it, they do deserve to be there. And and Chicago was also on that list. Yes. And that was another one that, in my mind, I know, Chicago is never going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Even though they did have rock cred in the early days. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's a really interesting case what happened to them. How they went from being you know, 25 or 6 to 4 to you know, Peter Cetera singing his ballads. To me, I think the uh, the image of being a state fair band has hurt them in the in, in what people perceive them as now. You know, uh, a lot of bands that you can probably name going like uh, Deep Purple and uh, Blue Oyster Cult. You know, there's bands that just sort of end up on the state fair playing their hits, Beach Boys, um, Steve, Steve Miller, Miller band. band. Beach Boys made it in, though. Probably on the strength of Brian Wilson. Yes. Considering he's pretty much considered one of the greatest songwriters of all time, yeah. that's got to help. Yeah. But there is no thing like that for Chicago, even though they sold 
not only sold so many albums, but they were on critics' lists of best bands of the decades. Well, that's what I was going to say, because I mean, that, that first nucleus of the group, which really did not change as much as a lot of people think that it did, they they brought in some newer people as people either passed away or went off to solo careers, but it's not as though the entire band had turned over. But that initial nucleus of members of that band, they were considered incredible musicians. Yes. Incredible musicians. And that's normally catnip for the voters of the Rock Hall. Yes. Yeah. They were together for a decade. And uh, Terry Kath was one of Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitarists before he killed himself. Um, uh, Terry Kath rather than Jimi Hendrix, although they both killed themselves. Not in their sleep, though. They didn't die in their sleep. No, actually... um, didn't we, no, we. This was not on the podcast. We were talking about TV show Voyager from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Guy who killed himself with a gun. Um, John Eric Hexum pointing a loaded gun to his uh, uh, a gun to his head that he thought was it, well, it was a prop gun. Yes, but he had not read up on what that meant <laughs> and how even a prop gun for, at close range, range. <laughs> yeah, can still kill you. But you know, Terry Kath did it. Wasn't it a loaded gun? That he thought was cleared out, did the whole put put the gun to his head and hey look at me, boom. So, just in case anyone's listening to this, stop putting guns to your fucking head, ever. Don't ever do that. If you want to live, don't ever do that ever. <laughs> yeah, there's really no need. There's really no need. It is not funny. It is not interesting. And you just might die on accident. So uh, I'm trying to think of some other bands like Chicago that started out with with cred and then did kind of veer into that adult contemporary category but still got in. The Beach Boys does come to mind, but I think we do have to exclude them because of the whole Brian Wilson factor. I, th- I think that Brian was kind of their talisman. That's that, But there has to be a band out there like... Uh, well, I guess you could say Jefferson Airplane, but they changed their name. That's how they got around it. They're considered three bands, not one. Yeah. Um, maybe Chicago should get inducted as Chicago Transit Authority. Maybe that would, maybe that would clear it up for the voters. <laughs> there has to be some kind of precedent. I can't think of someone who went from rock cred to, to, to AC. There's got to be. You know it's happened. Yeah, but I can't think of one. Um, Stevie Wonder? He definitely went from went, to, went into the pop era, but he was... I would say the mitigating factors there are his age when he started, his blindness, and his blackness. Well, and the fact that I think he was really getting in on the strength of his unbelievable 70s albums. Elton John or Rod Stewart? That... There we go. There you go, Elton John and Rod Stewart. Elton John and Rod Stewart. I would say that is a perfect comparison for Chicago. Yeah. So it's just, it's very, it's quite, quite the anomaly. Well, and if you look at someone like a, an Elton John or a Rod Stewart, who've done many different types of, um, you know, they were a little more rock in the seventies, a little more pop in the eighties, a little more. Uh, maudlin soundtrack in the 90s. I mean, they, they moved through an Ontario era, but you're you're nominating that one person for all the different things they've done. Chicago 
has basically went rock and pop, but you know, as an entire band, I think they they I don't know maybe it's different for a band than it is for one single artist. It's, it's possible. They now they did they went the standards route, didn't they, Chris? Didn't they put out their they put out their album standards? Mm-hmm. Same thing that uh, Rod Stewart's kind of done to get back Absolutely. into the airplay list on the minivan uh, lately. Uh, Journey. I just can't think of a single reason why Journey's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Even, and I, I had never even thought about it until I read that article because, like I said, I had just accepted the fact that they're not Rock Hall material, whatever that means. But uh, I can't think of a single reason why they would not. I mean, this is another group. Well, you can't you, you can't say the good-looking thing because they're really ugly guys. Um, but excellent musicianship. Excellent songwriting. I say this without a, a hint of irony. I don't know when liking Journey became ironic. What, what, is, what is wrong with liking Journey? It's excellent songs performed by professional musicians. I mean, what, what is the deal? What's wrong with that? I, I think they're... They have a, oh, ABBA. That's a, that's a good uh, correlation for the group that uh, um, has, the, has been... Uh, put in for being uh, a pop. Eh, I can see that for for comparison for Chicago, right? No. Journey. Oh, for Journey. Well, I think they're even more pop than Journey. Oh. Okay. True. That okay. That that's like that's a good correlation. But and but Abba's in, and yeah. Journey's not. Yeah. Because every time I every time I listen. To Journey, and I listen to Journey pretty frequently. Uh, I say to myself, "There's really no reason to not like this music." There's, there's, I think th- that might be the problem of them is that we were just talking about how uh, someone like the Smiths should get in because they didn't sell any records, but Journey has sold a whole ton of records, and they're they're so um, thought of as you know '80s arena rock that maybe that. Uh, concept is again hurting them. I know why they're not in, and, and they're they're definitely they're, they're definitely what, what's that, Chris? Neil Diamond's in. Actually, that's actually a good point because really inducting Neil Diamond now is almost an ironic induction. You're inducting <laughs> him ironically because you're hip. Maybe that's how Journey does get inducted with you know, through the the irony vote. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to th- say, I think, I think the Glee song hurt them, even though I loved that. You tell me the Glee kids haven't done a Neil Diamond song? Sweet Caroline. Come on, that's right up their alley. Chris is saying the Glee actually, song. It was, a, it was a backlash because when they've gone even extra, that extra step of mainstream, where now the rock critics are saying, oh, well, we can't. You know, I would agree with Nick on that, that, that commercially it gave him a boost, but uh, even with irony, credibility, it probably did not did not go over well. They just they got an image problem, and I don't know why, because Neil Sean, if you take the whole artistic credibility, whatever the hell that means, out of the equation, everybody will tell you that Neil Sean is one of the greatest guitar players who ever lived. I mean, that's just a fact. Every, everybody accepts that fact, and yet his band is considered a joke. I just... It just it drives me batty, which is obvious. You can tell, but I just I don't I don't understand. 
Is there a thing that the Rock Hall doesn't like 70s arena rock? I mean, Journey and Kiss were two of the, you know, big acts of, you know, Late eighties, early. Oh, I think early I think 70s. I think there's no doubt. Pretty much the only way that you're a seventies arena band and you get in is if you have got prog rock overtones. Hmm. Yeah, but the Eagles can be almost be seen as giving a, a torch to country. The California sound. Yeah. I wouldn't really call them arena. Fleetwood Mac, Jackson Brown, Eagles. No, that's a that's all that you know. Lin- is Linda Ronstadt in? Because she was also considered part of the uh, the California sound. So. Floyd's got the Prague overtones. Prague, yeah. uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. If they would be in, they would have it. Um, uh, yes, yes is not in, but well, they should be. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hmm. We should have given. We should have just made Chris take a mic. <laughs> Uh, Todd Rundgren Is he on your list there of, of people who've been snubbed I'd be curious to see if he's officially considered snubbed Actually I don't think he is No You've got the same list Because yeah. a lot of Todd fans Are and I'm, I'm a Todd fan A lot of Todd fans are uh, Just as furious As the Kiss fans That you know that our guy Is not in the rock hall uh, now, the man himself has said he has no desire to be in the Rock Hall. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's a whole other contingent of people who would say, well, who the hell are you to say you don't want to be in because you probably wouldn't get voted in anyway. So, <laughs> as someone who's not as big of a Todd fan as I am, what do you think? Do you think he mer- he, he would conceivably merit being in the Rock Hall? As far as influences go, I've seen his name bandied about by people a lot. But it's usually never anyone of, uh, of you know, huge success. I mean, they're smaller bands, indie bands, you know, uh, artists who will name, you know, an album of his that they loved growing up or something. So that's a... That's a tough reason for him to get a mass vote. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and if you know him, you're going to think um, someone who's the, 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 like, Hello, It's Me is very 70s. Um, in the Cleveland area, MMS plays his Bang of the Drum as a you know get out of work at 5 o'clock song. So There's actually a lot of stations across the country. I, I assume that was, but I didn't that. know regionally how how often that is but in you know so now you're thinking well now it's just sort of like a a weird owl kitschy <laughs> idea yeah yeah it's so, definitely that's a novelty song I yeah mean, oh there's yeah no, there's no doubt about it but that's not a bad thing that's but again the more you you know devalue the more you're devalued in people's eyes the more i think you're going to lose votes and <clears throat> Even though he's had a lot of, he's had a long career. He's also produced, you know, uh, lots of different artists and stuff. I don't know. I don't know that enough people would say that he's been that influential or sold that many records or been that big of an artist to get himself in. 
Okay, my view on it is, number one, it doesn't bother me that he's not in. I almost think it's like a, a badge of honor. So I don't lose any sleep that he's not in. But I completely understand the idea that as far as, we've even said this, I think, when we, were, when we were talking about Todd on the Cult Artists show, is that no one's really influenced by Todd. And if they say they are, what they really mean is that they're influenced by his influences. Mm-hmm. You know, But the one thing I do think that he would have going for him uh, that would entitle him to uh, to be inducted is that he is a master of multiple genres. Pretty much any genre he's ever tried, he's he has been able to to pull it off. He's kind of got kind of the, the Neil Young thing going on in that regard. He's also been a vanguard that's just kind of followed his own path, kind of like Zappa. Oh yeah. And then you've got the whole one man band thing, sort of like uh, Stevie Wonder, and that a lot of his recordings were, you know, overdubs of him playing all the instruments. So you've got that kind of, you know, Wunderkind, uh, you know, genius, crazy genius thing kind of going on. So I guess that would be my my thought on that. And I think you know, people. I, I've seen, oddly enough, I've seen a lot of people who were like. Um, actors and actresses and stuff mention that they like uh, Todd Rundgren. So, and I kind of think, you know, that usually when someone speaks of him, they kind of say, oh, well, you know, you probably don't know this guy, but, you know, I like Todd Rundgren. So I kind of wonder if maybe he doesn't get the votes because the people that like him are like you. They're like, oh, I don't care if he's in. He's just too, <laughs> he's cool anyway. You mm-hmm. know, he's, he's cool whether he gets it or not. Could be. Chris has got something for us. Yeah, okay. Frank Sinatra is listed as a possible candidate as an influence. You know, if you put in a Donovan, you know, do you step back and go, well, he's the inf- you know, he's an influence for others, but Sinatra <clears throat> is influenced, you know. <clears throat> so the topic him. on the the topic on the table is the fact that the Rock Hall does they not only induct artists but they induct uh, they, they've inducted producers like Ahmet Erdogan you know people kind of support and then they've uh, they've inducted people who existed before rock and roll did mainly blues singers mm-hmm. as influences so the topic on the table is would Frank Sinatra qualify as an influence for rock and roll that is an interesting topic because my first reaction would be absolutely not. Because when rock and roll came out in the 50s, it was basically a response to everything that he stood for. And it was basically the diametric opposite of everything that Sinatra stood for. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that argument, too. But if you go on an influential level, you know, uh, the the style, the crooner, the uh, he, he led a, as much of a rock and roll lifestyle as anybody who was in rock. Right. I mean, you know, running around with gangsters and wild parties and women. I mean, he was the shit. So, Miles you know. Davis is in. Yeah. Miles, yeah. Miles was the, you know, the ultimate of cool. Yeah, that's just it, though. The, the, the Miles Davis definition of cool was a lot more of a rock and roll definition. It was kind of a, I'm my own guy. I'll follow my own path. I'll do my own thing. Whereas Frank's version of cool was much more frat boy. It was much more I've got my I've got my entourage, ring a ding ding, and we've got the hottest broads, and we're gonna flaunt our money, and we're gonna be in Las Vegas. 
before I get you know too into this, I'm looking at this purely pragmatically because I love Frank Sinatra. I think he is one of the, if not the greatest American singer, or maybe just the greatest male singer period who ever lived. I mean, you, the guy is is amazing, and you can say what you want about his messed up personal life and his you know poor judgment and his friendships and stuff like that. But once the guy stepped behind a microphone and started singing, I mean, it, it's just. It, <laughs> I mean, my God, what do you say? But now, is he an influence on rock and roll? I really don't know where I stand on that. I mean, you can see, like, some guys like Brian Ferry or um, maybe even Thin White Duke era Bowie, mm -hmm. where they're maybe assimilating certain uh, aspects of his style. But, yeah, I, wow. Because I, I think it just really comes back to that rock and roll was really an, an answer to everything that Sinatra stood for at that era. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know the 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 mix of uh, R and B and you know whatever the and, and uh, you know, putting the rock beat onto an R and B record was you know was the start of rock and roll and the start of you know everything that was R and B and you know, bluegrass and everything was just trying to get away from pop music and Sinatra, so yeah. I mean, uh, him and uh, if you're putting in him, do you put in? Dang it, I can't think of his name. Pat Boone. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that since Pat Boone had all of his success doing sanitized covers of songs that were initially released by black artists, that he does not have a shot in hell <laughs> of ever but being he, inducted. But if you think, if you think about. What is you know, you know he was a he was a, a cultural phenomenon. He was a big selling artist. He did influence you know people who were hearing his version of the of the black record. Mm -hmm. So they they were almost like double influenced. You know they were you know they were influenced by the Pat Boone filter. You know, but he, are you you know? It's an it's an interesting way, it's an interesting argument. But I would say the number of people who actually were into Pat Boone and then decided to dig deeper and find out about the original songs is probably so infinitesimally small that it does not counteract the implied racism of his entire career. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> There's not much implied. <laughs> yeah, there's not much implied. Yeah. Well, is that about do it? Yeah, that hits us. Yeah, that hits us at fifty-five. So we're good. All right, we'll make that hour. That was that was an entertaining hour. It was. Thank you, Chris. We'll give you a mic next time. Yeah. It's obvious you want one. <laughs> you thought you didn't, but you you wanted one. And did you see how much nicer it was to have somebody on stats? We really, man. If this show had a budget, oh. we'd have a stat guy in here all the time. Yes. Although there are times when you try to be the stat guy and just ignore whatever I'm saying and just sort of. <laughs> Tune out for 10 minutes and then come back in. You're like, what? I'm oh, sorry, what? <laughs> Hello? Is this thing on? So I guess this is the part where we ask people to send us emails. Yes, sir. Mr80s at rocketmail.com. Like our page on Facebook. Facebook, Mr80s. Visit our blog, mr80s.wordpress.com. In all instances, we're spelling... Mr. M I S T E R and eighties is eight zero S. 
Yes, there's going to be an edit in this <laughs> because of because it dropped out in the first ten minutes. So they've already heard it, though. Yes, you'll, so. you'll just have to live with the fact that at least you can actually hear what we're saying. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll find out when we review the episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, good night, Germany, New Zealand, Philippines, Japan, United Kingdom, United States, and good night, Mills Watson, wherever you are.